Hello, Internet. It's Tori. You're listening to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. For updates on when episodes go live, follow us on Twitter and Facebook. To join the discussion, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash CosmereCast, where you'll find an invitation to our Discord server. Thank you for listening, and please enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. I'm your host, Mike. Joining me this week are Craig. Hello, hello. Dave. Uh, and Tori, Tori. Hello, Internet. And we start every week with good things, so good thing, what's your Craig? All right, on a scale from one to four, I have to say Tori definitely has the amount of energy right now. I'll put her at a four. It's not a scale. Well, there's four of us, so she's number four, as in top of the... Top Don't of the question line. my scale, man. This is my scale. This is how Hooray! we have done it. What, what do I win? Um, A podcast. Ours. Oh Enjoy. I love it. It's so great. Thank you. All right. Uh, that's my good thing this week. Um, I finally saw uh, a movie. <laughs> um, you finally just, saw one, huh? One movie. Yes. Uh, I finally saw um, everything, everywhere, all at once. And man, is it a ride. I still haven't seen it. I want to. It's on my list. It just hasn't appeared somewhere that is convenient for me yet. All right. If it ever becomes convenient, I will let you know, Mike. But, uh... I mean, you could make it convenient for me. I don't... I I had a different convenient way of watching it. So, anyway. Uh, it's pretty good, guys. Um, it's about the multiverse. And that's not really... If you watch the trailer, you will see that. Um, funny enough, the about 20 years ago, my friend and I had the concept of the infinite multiverse... We came up up with it, like just you know, completely on our own. And then I watched this movie, and it's basically what we came up with, aside from uh, some other things that are in the movie itself, which I won't go into. So uh, it is a ride. It is an experience. Uh, it's pretty good. And hey, uh, the actor that happens to play um, Michelle Yeoh's character, um, uh, her husband. Uh, he he's back like he took a 20 year hiatus he was a child actor who was in the goonies and um and and indiana jones it's it's short round slash data he's back was he in anything else not really he he was basically done shortly after the the child actor stint like he just stopped I, i think he had trouble there were a couple things that he was trying to get into but the problem is he was always a secondary character and he wanted to you know actually do something so that's why he took a hiatus and then uh it was actually after the release of crazy rich asians and the success of that movie where he's like now uh, it looks like like finally like asian uh actors are, are getting some recognition so he wanted back so he got back in and honestly he does a stuff he is perfect also what made me think about it, I did post it in Good Things. Uh, this is actually a secondary good thing. Pop Culture Detective did an analysis of his character, Wayman. Um, really good, and it really makes you think. Pop Culture Detective in general uh, does a lot of good analysis, uh, specifically um, focusing on mascu- masculinity and how it's actually broadcast in media. It does a really good perspective on it. Um, all the negatives that that come along with it and basically trying to pick it apart. And occasionally, like in this movie, for example, when it does it really well, 
and actually has good characters on. Like, like for example, he had uh, good positive things to say about Steven Universe because that is a positive portrayal uh, of a male character. Um, uh, everything Everywhere All at Once is another positive portrayal. So it's good stuff. Uh, I do recommend Pop Culture Detective. So he just released a video on it. So if you have seen the movie, you can watch this uh, to sort of get an idea of, of what it's about. Anyway, really good movie. Yeah. I uh, just looked him up on IMDb. He was in Encino Man in 1992. There you go. Only took 20 years to get here. There we uh, 1992 was 30 years ago, Craig. No. Well, okay. Yes. Thank you. He took a 20 year hiatus. Yeah, I can math. I know that was 30 years ago. Oh, I just wanted to double check your math because, you know, the stuff you originally listed was like 84, 85. Um, which you wanted to know what okay that's well, that's so, not 30 years ago or that's not 20 years ago yeah so the what i said comes from uh, i think uh an interview that was done with him and, and they basically said 20 years uh so is that the last movie he was in uh no the the 20 years would come from a movie called second time around in 2002 okay and then he came back for something called finding ohana in 2021 and then everything everywhere Everything, everywhere, all at once, 2022. What does Ohana mean? It means family, Dave. It means family. Anyway, so that's everything, everywhere, all at once. Um, go ahead, go rent it, buy it, check it out. It's good stuff. All right. Uh, Dave, what's your what's your Craig this week? Huh? Good thing, what's your Dave this week? What was Craig's thing again? Everything, everything. everywhere, all at once. Everything, everywhere, he, I, all at once. He like he likes a lot of stuff, but he can't just have everything be his good thing. Sorry, it's all at once. Time, maybe. Uh, I forgot to think of something, so I was just scrolling through a document where I just have random notes here. Um, so it's I see maybe I had like a list of backups here, and I don't know what this is about, but I wrote inflatable motorcycle jacket. <laughs> is that like from like Back to the Future? No, I think uh I think this is an idea for an invention I had. It's kind of like like if you fall like if you're in a motorcycle accident, like your jacket kind of inflates like an airbag and pads your fall. Okay. That do makes you, sense. Do you ride motorcycles? No, my parents do and other people do. Okay. But yeah, every little bit of protection can go a long way, especially in a motorcycle accident. Yeah, inflatable motorcycle jacket. You heard it here first. We just need to track down an engineer who's willing to work on this, and then maybe we can kickstart the idea and make millions. Billions. Was was that your whole good thing? Yeah. Okay. I, just, I, I like that note. All right. Uh, my good thing this week is I stand a decent chance of getting to meet Dave in real life within the next week or so. Oh, man. Dave who? Uh, a different Dave. You don't know him. He's from Canada. He goes to a different school. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe we should do Good Dave's next month, since we forgot to do it this month. And then whoever this mysterious Dave is you meet next week, that he can be one of your good things. Oh, wait, he is today. He punched me to it. How many How many Daves do we have left? Like, we've covered a new eight. Dave. We've done eight. We've done a bunch of Daves. There are only so have, many Daves. Uh, I have more. Uh, I have at least two more, like, off the top of my head that I, I wanted to include previously. Is one of them Dave Coulier? I won't say, because uh, I think we'll do it next month. All right, I'm 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 up for a month of Dave's, even though it's technically late. Hey, we'll do it after my birthday instead of before. All right, so yeah, that was my good thing. Um, we'll see if it pans out, but yeah. Tori, what's your, what's your thing 
this week that is good? Okay, my thing that is good this week, uh, I, I know I'm like the last person to get around to it, but I'm finally caught up, caught up on Stranger Things 4. And it was so good. Oh my gosh. And I, I agree with previous assessments that all the episodes were heckin' long. They were so long, but uh, I, I was feeling sick recently and decided I needed to spend the whole day just binging TV. And that's what I decided to binge. And I got through the whole thing and it was so good. The last two episodes were feature film length. They really were. Yeah, they really were. Like, come on, guys. I gotta pee sometimes. I mean, there is a, a handy little button. It's called pause. I don't know if you tried it out before, but you, you might want to look into that. No, I didn't even use that for Doctor Strange 2, and I missed both of, uh, of Bruce Campbell's cameos in it. Wow. Just really good timing on my part. Hey, I didn't even know he was in that movie either. Oh, it's a Sam Raimi movie. Of course he's in it. Anyway, yeah, Stranger Things, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. I'm I'm more excited for the next season than I think I've been for previous next seasons. I think mostly because... Yeah, yeah, they really, they set it up for going into the next season. Whereas, you know, seasons one, two, and three kind of wrapped up tidy-like, where it's like, hey... Maybe we won't get another season, so let's let's end on a nice conclusive note. They didn't do that here, so I, I think they've pretty much guaranteed that Netflix is going to make bad choices and go under before we get a season five. But like, yeah, very excited for season five now. Yeah, this this was the really really the first time they did like a proper, hey, next season stuff's going to happen rather than just like a little teaser of like, hey, that ending we gave you wasn't the end. Anywho. Uh, Dave, you read Chapter this week, right? Uh, no, I read Chapter this week, last week. This week I read Chapter next week. W would you like to tell us about it? Yeah, so, uh, this week's chapter is Chapter 120, and all the jokes that come with it. Downer ate some bad mojo. Alright, Craig, what does that mean? <laughs> Clearly, he ate something pretty bad. Look, this is weird to me, because... The very first sequence is a Kaladin sequence, I believe, a Kaladin perspective. Um, and he watches Dalinar go towards the Red Mist. Uh, maybe he kneels down. Does he kneel down to the Mist? I think he might. And that's what Kaladin sees. But he's busy, like, trying to fight off Amaram at this point. Well, uh. no, this is when we're... Wait, are you sure you didn't mean Amaram? Because Amaram ate something weird at, in this sequence as well. Uh, he ate it last chapter, didn't he? Because it talks well, about a Sudan ate the... Uh, Kaladin yeah. sees him eat it. Like, he tips his head back and swallows. And Kaladin's like, did he just swallow something? Yeah, he says some jerky things to Kaladin, and then he eats something. Oh, Dalinar probably did, too, at some point. All I right, think you made men Amaram. Amaram and Dalinar are different, despite what Amaram might think. Shalon has lots of memories. Sorry, dead sword. And thanks. Yeah, I guess this is Adolin's perspective, and he's noticing... How grand Shallan's illusion of an army is. In fact, it even includes enemy soldiers that are fighting with the allied soldiers. And so, like, uh, if they seem too overwhelming, then the Amaram's army will run off and stuff. So it's just like, yeah, real good illusioning. And also, um, he apologizes to his sword. Aw, next scene. 
Seth doesn't tell Nightblood he does totally eat. So, like, Vosher, Vosher tells Nightblood that he totally eats people. But Seth is like, no, Sword Nimi, you don't eat people. People eat people. And they're called cannibals. And did we mess up the premise of this joke? Next scene. Wait, 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 wait. Everyone needs to know the li- that are listening. Nightblood is spelled is in this case is spelled with a K. Oh man, who wrote that? <laughs> I don't know, Dave. Next scene. Amaram ate the purple thing, I guess, and now he's a steel runner or something. I don't know. He gets uh quickie stuff. Next scene. Demon powder. I guess this is like the red mist that make that increases people's attack power. It's kind of like in Monster Hunter, they've got the, the red demon powder that gives you the attack power buff. Uh, next scene. Yep, lots of memories. Next scene. Adolin hadn't killed an Alethi since, well, Sadius, but that was like a month ago. And that doesn't even count. Uh, I guess not. Hasn't counted yet. Next well, scene. The two people assigned to find out who killed Sadius both know that he killed Sadius. Mission accomplished. And Shallan also found out who killed that other dude what stabbed him in the eye. Alright, now, um, blah, blah, blah. next scene. Better perpendicularize while you still can, Yasta. Uh, next scene. Life cannot be lived making decisions at each juncture. Excellence is a solo mission. Will Lyft teach Nightblood to link the link to Urban Dictionary? Seth has possession of the ball, but can he be the guy? Take it, Craig. Do you want me to do, like, all of these that you've been reading? Uh, I'm just going to do my own take on it. Um, Oh, you just want me to do that particular one? Okay, listen. So, we got a big battle happening. Uh, Kaladin is tasked with dealing with Amaran, um, who eats something weird and starts choking and gasping and everything. And then he starts displaying some weird powers that we've seen from many of our other Radiants. So, that's weird. Um, Adolin, meanwhile, is checking out Shallan's army and like, ooh. She has a lot of people, so uh, that's good. And then he does talk a little bit more with his sword when he summons her. So he apologizes for summoning her because, you know, she's technically dead. Um, so that's happening, and he's going to go deal with uh, the Thunder class. Uh, well, Seth, she's, she's first, technically dead and needs an MLT sandwich. Don't forget that. First, Adolin kills a bunch of Sadius's troops. That is true. So, oh, that's right, because he goes to rescue Navani and uh, Queen Fen. Um, and he kills a, a couple of Sadius troops, but who cares about them? Several um, dozen. I thought there was Their only families. like five. Their families might care about them. Well, then they shouldn't have joined the wrong side. Yeah, they shouldn't have been born in Sadius's princedom. You're right. Yeah, that's true. You know, it's funny to think about because Kaladin, that could have been Kaladin. Kaladin could have been one of them if if he was actually like not completely yeah. mistreated. So in a way, Amaram saved Kaladin's life here. Don't give Amaram any credit. He tried to take credit this whole chapter. Don't you dare. And if um, Uncle Owen hadn't needed help bringing in the harvest, Luke would have joined the Academy and been on the Emperor's side. Yeah. All right. Uh, continuing on, Zeth and Lyft are trying to get the ruby back. Um, Lyft is telling Nightblood to don't don't eat people because, you know, he, he just tried to eat them last chapter. Uh, luckily, there was some investiture nearby. Uh, thanks to a giant perpendicularity that Dalinar opened up. But, you know, sometimes you just gotta tell Nightblood to not eat people. Um, and there was a lot of nice Nightblood dialogue that I'm sure Dave appreciated. Uh, sword um, Nimi, more like Sword Nami, am I right? Nom there nom. You, there you go. Um, 
Okay, so then we switch back to Kaladin. Uh, he starts fighting with Amaram. As I mentioned, he just starts uh, showing off some abilities. In this particular instance, he shows off some Edge Dancer type abilities. Um, but we'll see if uh, that continues in the next sequence. Um, Dalinar is busy stepping up into the thrill and sort of reliving the past and what it gave him. Um, he, he's sort of thinking about what it gave him, and he's he's not pushing it away. He he is embracing that this was his past. Uh, lots of memories. I, I think that's, oh, that might be Demon Powder. Uh, the next one is Shallan thinking about all of her different memories of the people that she's drawn. She lost these drawings because they were on the boat when it sank way back in the last book. Um, and yet here they are. She's able to bring them back. So that's cool. Including Yalb. Yalb gets a shout out. Yalb does get a shout out. He is he's mentioned in text. Um, OK, then we have Adolin rescuing Navani and Queen Fen and a, a bunch of others um, by killing a, a bunch of Sadius troops, as we mentioned. Um, so they're regrouping there. And then Yaz, Yasna appears at this point and she needs to make use of the uh, not quite the perpendicularity, but the fact that the realms are still close to each other at the time. So she's able to do some major awesome soul casting and she builds a freaking wall. Um, you can see some of this on the cover of Oathbringer and the U.S. version. So there you go. Uh, that's cool. And then she can also make stairs out of air. So that's also pretty cool. Just so she does that. Those are just called uh, stairs. But they're made out of... Well, but the A they and the I and the R are capitalized. Stairs. Uh, okay, so that's the better perpendicularize. And now, did you read the, the next sequence of Next text? scene. Life cannot be lived making decisions at each juncture. Rush disagrees. Excellent. Rush. Uh, some celestial. Choose not to. I will choose. A, uh. Huh. Next scene. Everyone made it out of Colinar besides Elicar. Wait, did you even read all those? Everyone. Yeah, he did. I didn't. He I only heard him say the first one. Everyone made it out of Colinar besides Elicar. According to Navani. So, like, you know how in an RTS game your workers can fix structures just by spending money? Are they bondsmiths or else colors? So a group of workers that you give them, they, that you just spend money and they fix them. Yeah, because, like, they just turn the money into fixed buildings immediately. Yeah. Kind of like how you use the Stormlight that, that would from be the colors. to do that. They would well, be people who can soul cast. Else colors make new ones. They don't fix the current ones. Like, the wall isn't fixed. The wall is new wall. Sure, but if we were representing this in a game, it would just have a new health... It would just have a full health meter for the if, wall. If Dalinar hadn't been busy, he could have He could have made old wall. Yeah, Dalinar would repair the wall, brick by brick. Yasna builds a new wall out of magic. And by telling the air and whatever else is around, you are a wall. She doesn't negotiate. She tells. But Prince Adolin, Fen said, what will you be doing? Dramatic pause for ten heartbeats. Adolin gonna go haunt to Bosarios. That's a... like a big rock monster. Okay. I was gonna translate. By the way, funny enough, I just watched Galaxy Quest uh, earlier last week, and my picture of the Thunder class are that rock monster in Galaxy Quest. I know it's not accurate, but that's my headcanon. Right well, we get a description. It's like a... A big human skeleton with a chasm fiend head. And yes. I had apparently in previous reads missed the big human skeleton portion of that description. Yes, that is the description. 
but I like to. I, I was just picturing the the rock monster from Galaxy Quest because I thought that was funny. Uh, the picture on the cover doesn't have a Kazofiend head. You can't see its head; it's off screen. I yeah. always picture the um, the Titans from the animated Hercules movie, the Disney one. You know, when they bust out and they're all you know, like heading towards Olympus, like rah, Zeus, and Hades is like, um, Olympus would be that way, and then they just kind of pause. Then they turn around like, rah, Zeus. <laughs> I laugh every time. Anyway, that's what I picture. I just think it's funny that Queen Fen asks Adolin, like, all right, what are you going to be doing while we're doing all this stuff? And Adolin doesn't answer. He stops, summons his shard blade, which is 10 heartbeats. So it might be up to like five seconds or so, depending on how fast his heart is going at this moment. Like at least five seconds, right? So you're like, oh, what are you doing? Swing! I'm gonna go fight the Thunderclass. I mean, it's sort of reasonable if we're talking about about five, six seconds, because you can stop, think for a moment, and then boom, sword. Like it, it, it's reasonable in a span of a dialogue. Maybe it's in character for Adolin, because he's just sitting there like, duh, for a second. Oh, poor Adolin. Poor rich hunky Adolin. He just likes to think about fashion a lot. Yeah. Next scene. We all know spear beats sword, but what about, and hear me out, two swords? So you think spear beats sword, two swords beat spear, then does one sword beat two swords? I don't know. Probably. Well, maybe if it's a great sword. So sword and shield beats spear. So is two swords better than sword and shield for dealing with spear? Nah, I don't think so. I think yeah, maybe not. two swords are actually worse and, and more awkward to wield. All right, guys, I have an idea. What about four swords? Okay, um, Star Wars dude, whatever the heck his name is. Grievous? Link? Link? Link yeah, has four I, swords. I immediately thought of Link. Yeah, Four Sword Adventures was a great game. All right. Well, Kaladin has to watch Dalinar in case... Oh, no, what's going to happen to this horse? Oh, and I have a theory as to why Brandon has it out for horses. Okay, real quick. This horse does not get killed because he just throws a rock at it and makes it run away. So thankfully, this horse is not killed. But I do want to hear your theory. So my theory is that Brandon played chess as a, as a young lad. And like every time he played, he got like his king and his rook got forked by a knight. So he just started like really hating the knight piece in chess, and that kind of manifested as just an overall uh, odium of horses in his writing. An odium of horses. He has a divine hatred of horses. Yes. Um, has this been done? We really need someone to ask Brandon during like uh, question and answer sessions why he hates horses so much. I, I want to know if Dave's theory is water. You can hold a water to a horse. You can't make Brandon drink in a tall cup of dreamy Kaladin. <laughs> okay. I wonder if Brandon isn't a fan of uh, My Brother, My Brother and Me, where they have a history of murdering horses. I wonder if he's noticed that he kills horses a lot. Do you think he knows? I mean, we noticed, although it's funny because I don't think I personally noticed until this podcast. Like, when you're just sort of reading it every now and then, it doesn't really stand out, except like, oh no, poor horse. But, like, you just read it all in a row, and then it's like, wow, a lot of horse death. Uh, yeah. How many more horses do we need to kill to make this unmade, <laughs> unmade champion? The unmade of horses. 
Maybe Dalinar personally has to kill nine horses. Next scene. Mr. Thrill is basically like a fighting spren. Is it asking for a challenge spren? Or is it holding out for a hero? Of Ages sandwich. Which one is it? A hero of Ages sandwich. Next scene. What does Axie mean? Yasna finally acknowledges Shalon's radiancity for a second. Uh, what do you mean by what does Axie mean? Can, can you give me the, the reference? Because I can tell you. Yeah, it's in chapter 120 of Oathbringer by Brandon Sanders. Thanks, Dave. Well, there's Axie's the Collector, which is obviously plural, so there's just one he, of them. He, he wasn't mentioned here, though. Yeah, un- unless you find the quote, I can't tell you. I don't even know what Yasna's was. Actually, I do know, because as you mentioned, this is when Shalon really, like, talks about Shalon being radiant. Someone so should can... open a Cosmere-themed restaurant. You could have a Hero of Ages, could have anything Stormlight-related Stormlight would be, like, made of crab and stuff. <laughs> as appropriate, yes. And, and chicken. Well, yeah, obviously chicken. You've got a huge chicken section of, like, all sorts of different chickens. So there's duck chickens, and there's goose chickens. Yeah. I think I found this scene. Yeah, I, th- I think I might have found it as well. Go ahead and read it. I'll tell you when I find it. All right, that is the perpendicularized swords swoop down counting shards. Amaram. Oh, Yasna is in this scene. Oh, uh, yeah, what will you do? Man. Is this before or after scene? we hear? There we go. Bother. Okay, here it is. Uh, Yasna willed steps to Solcast beneath her feet. Individual axes of air lined up and packed next to each other, then Solcast into stone. I guess it's a plural of something. Axis? Like it would be a. Was AXUS a word? I looked up AXI and AXUS, and I couldn't find any definition for uh, axi or axis. Yeah, I see the quote. Individual axes of air lined up packed next. Like. With our modern understanding, I would say it's just atoms, individual atoms of air lined up and packed next to each other, then soul cast into stone. And maybe that's but, what they used to call atoms. But, like, maybe that's their fundamental union, since, yeah, like, yeah, exactly. So instead of atoms, it's axes. They uh... might have talked about it before, like, way back in the first book when they're talking about soul casting and talking about the different essences. So just their fundamental unit just might be called axie. Oh, maybe axes the collector actually means like molecules the collector for like, our... Like Adam's the collector. Yeah, Adam's family. Alright, there you go. Next scene. Where is Seth's actual shard blade? Alright, this is a legit question. So Seth has been wielding night blood, correct? Correct. Yes. Seth is a knight radiant, and yep. thus you'd think should have bonded a spren? And would have a shard blade of that spren. But I've never seen Seth have a spren or a shard blade. Okay, I had this exact same thing going on with Craig while I was reading the book the first time. Do you remember these conversations, Craig? I I remember talking about them. I was convinced that Nightblood was effectively acting as uh, Zeth's spren for almost this entire book. Yeah, I mean, it does fill in the role of, you know, talking to him. Well, I I will say that Zeth just swore his third ideal, like, in in the, what, previous chapter? Or, like, two chapters ago? I don't know. Last Last week, he just swore his third ideal. And you don't get a sword until the third ideal, normally. Now, 
Skybreakers are a little bit weird since they don't really become a squire until their third ideal. So no, squires are second ideal. Third ideal requires a spren. So he would have just gotten his spren. Yeah. Yeah. But we haven't met it yet. Yeah. What kind of spren bond with skybreakers again? A law spren or something? High uh, spren. Yeah, they're called high spren. But high spren, law spren yeah. is probably a pretty good descriptor. We haven't seen much yeah. of them yet. So nightblood is high. I mean, Seth shows radiant abilities, but I guess maybe he shows squire abilities, not radiant abilities. Right. Because, like, I mean... Teft didn't have a shard blade, and none of the other Bridge Four members had a shard blade up till now, right? So, hmm. Yeah, I guess maybe he hasn't bonded a Spren yet, and he's so wait. So that that means Nail would have to be nearby for him to use his powers. Although Nail is nearby, so there you go. He's nearby on the other side of the army. All right. So he doesn't have one yet. That's a good answer. All right. Uh, people don't like anything. They just like having stuff. Wise words and. And I think it's kind of funny in this scene where anytime someone says something ridiculous and stupid, Seth is like, those are wise words. And then Lyft says something that actually makes sense. And he's like, that's not very smart. Well, he starts out saying that Lyft's words are wise, but then she gets more nonsensical from his point of view. And he's like, those words are less wise. Yeah, but (laughs) I think that it went the other way around for reals. So Seth's view on it is pretty funny. Forget exactly what he's. Anyway, that's fine. All right. Uh, next scene. Hundreds of creation spread blossom around Shalon like discarded pizza boxes. Shalon needs to stop being a three hugger and help some girl. Stop hugging yourself. Uh, yeah, she's doing. Any ideas, Craig? Which one do you want me to talk? Should we go back a little bit and I can like do all of them? Yeah. Any comments that you have up to this point from the last point? Uh, sure. Let's see. Where are we? Um, where are your Seth. notes? Well, I'm using the copper mine for the translation. I did read the chapter, but there's a lot of chapters. This is helping figure it out. Um, so Zeth and Lyft are chasing after the fused, who stole the, the large perfect ruby that we saw way back in the interlude chapter. Um, the king's poop. He he does some neat flying because Zeth can fly. Um, he does have some flight powers because he does have access to gravitation. Um, so he's like, oh, yeah, watch this. And he makes it seem like he's all bad at this. And then, boom, he's suddenly really good. And he crashes into them. That's what they get for underestimating. I don't know if that's this particular sequence, but we're just going to go with that. Um, then we go to Adolin talking to Navani. And they're like, what are you going to do? Because, you know, they all have a sort of plan. Uh, Yasna just rebuilt the wall. So they're going to get some archers up there and try to, you know, defend everything and they all have a plan to do something and adolin's like i'm gonna go hunt me a thunderclap so there he off he goes um then Yasna's also watching shalan and she actually as mentioned by dave recognizes that she is manifesting her powers and it looks like she might be just going a little bit too far so she's going to go collect her ward and hopefully make sure she doesn't like go crazy um amaran and kaladin are fighting I don't even know if you mentioned that. I don't uh, think we're at that point yet. So uh, last chapter, they mentioned that they were going to fight, I think. Oh, okay. We're just at the Yasna one. Oh, oh we just had a Seth one. Uh, that Seth one's not mentioned. No, oh, the two swords is with uh, Kaladin and Amaram fighting. Yeah, because he has two different shard blades. We have um, 
the one that he stole from Kaladin and his, his group, uh, essentially Helleran's blade. And he also has the one that Sadius got from Dalinar. So Oathbringer. it's, it's Oath, Oathbringer, yeah, his old sword. Which is, why is he throwing a book at people? Like, what are you doing, man? Dalinar doesn't have the sword anymore. Dalinar has a book that he throws at people. Yeah, yeah Dalinar and has Amaram, a book. Amaram has a sword and a book. Oh! he's got Oathbringer. Silly, <laughs> Mike. This oh, is so in the way of kings. Dave, did you notice that um, every time Shallan is mentioned from her own POV, like her name, it cycles between Shallan and Radiant and Bale? I noticed that periodically throughout all the books. Yeah, but especially this chapter, it's like every sentence, it's either Vale, Shallan, Radiant, and it's cycling between well, they're, all three. They're all three, like, separately interacting with each other in this chapter. Yep. Yep. This is surely not important. Well, there's three realms and there's three Shallans. Yeah, exactly. That makes sense. Case closed. So now instead of realmatic theory, we have Shallanic theory? <laughs> Oh, Mike, you think they're separate things. Maybe Shallan is the realm. All right, uh, ready to move on? Yes. It's Shallan all the way down. Yeah, let's move on. All right. I think, therefore, I am a ram. How long was the hill on Roshar that he named all the stances after Surges? So this is interesting. So the hill's the one that Sword taught Adolin and Kaladin and the rest and taught them these different stances, like the wind stance, the stone stance, and, and, right, and all of the stances are named after the ten primals on Roshar, right? The the ten elements or whatever. This are they the essences? essences? Essences, yeah, essences. let's forget the word. <laughs> Say that again? Essence. Okay. Uh yeah, so Zahel is presumably not native to Roshar, although now I'm wondering. He he uh, uh, I will help you. Vasher is native to Nalthus, which is the warbreaker one. How do we he know has that? to be because he's returned. And the only uh, way to yeah, become a returned is through endowment. He has to have connection to endowment. Okay, that makes sense. Now, that doesn't mean he was always on Nalthus. This is not necessarily the first time he has been on Roshar. So doesn't he need to eat a breath every day or else he dies? Good it's thing every investiture. week. Yes, once a week. Every week, but he can just eat Stormlight, I guess. Yes. Maybe. We don't have an explanation for that yet. Well, we have a word of Brandon that says it's easier for him to be on Roshar than it is for him to be on Nalthus. And what if he's on Cell? I guess he would need a connection to some region of Cell to access the door. That's a good question. Like, to access the Investiture mm. on Cell, it's in the Cognitive Realm. So if you have a way to access the Cognitive Realm, you could probably feast. The problem is, when you open up the Cognitive Realm, you get a ton of investor. That's what we saw in Elantris. Like it just floods out. That there, there is no like filter. What if Vasher ate a bead of Larassi? Then he'd could he mistborn. stay alive? Right, he'd be a Mistborn. But could he use the investiture of Mistborning? Like, could he just burn aluminum instead of eat a breath? Don't if know. he had connection to Harmony slash Preservation, then. Which is what the bead of Lorastium gives you. It gives you a connection to preservation. Um, the way investiture works for Skadrians, so specifically Allomancers, is that the metal acts as a catalyst and the investiture comes from preservation himself. So it's sort of like a mini perpendicularity, I guess. Not, not uh. quite like that, but that's sort of what it is. So I don't know if he'd be able to use that investiture. Um, that, that, 
I'm going to put a question mark on that because I don't think that will work. All right. Next question. If Wayne were to visit Malthus and acquire a bunch of breaths, would he be able to use those breaths to fill his gold mines so that he wouldn't have to be sick to give, have backup health? Are you saying if he has enough breaths to not be sick? Like to, to reach the level where you don't experience sickness or just no i just mean can he use the investiture of the breaths to fill metal mines i'm gonna go with no if only because we already know that like on scadrial you can't without like a lot of work you can't shift investiture from one thing to another like being an allomancer doesn't mean that you can tap into a metal mine but unless it's done in a very special way but counterpoint he could make himself so if he has breaths, his base level of health will be slightly healthier than a Skadrian healthy person. So therefore, while he's super healthy, he can knock himself down to just a regular level of healthy, in which case he has this difference that he could be his metal. So it's not necessarily using or transferring the investiture, but he can use the health granted from just holding investiture in your body to fill the mind, if that mm. makes sense. Maybe Hoyd should figure out how to become a Farukaman. Hey, Hoyd, can you just tell us the answer to these questions? Chris or Hoyd could probably tell us the answer to these questions. Yeah, maybe Dalinar will figure it out someday, too. Okay, so has answers a question about Zahil. Oh, so my question is, like, how long has Zahil been on Roshar and Vasher? Like, he has all this sword technique, and he... he he named it after the Ten Essences. But maybe he just, he, like, renamed... Maybe he reskinned them for Roshar. He didn't name the sword stances. He learned them and taught them to people. Yeah. But they existed uh, well before he did. He's not the... This is not Warbreaker all over again. He did not create the sword stances. He's just really good. Well, okay. Yeah, but he did He did do a little bit of sword D2 Ivana, right? Yeah. Yeah. But she doesn't okay. necessarily know the stances either. She just... Right, so, but it wasn't. All right, it wasn't like I got you. Although, although he did. I mean, Dave brings up a good point. He did teach katas, and he taught similar katas to Azure slash Vivenna. It's possible that the techniques are the same, but he just renamed them to be more fitting for Roshar. Okay, That's the true. katas aren't stances. The stances would have almost certainly come from uh, either the heralds or the original radiance thousands of years earlier, and yes. they just survived. Agreed. Katas are just a sequence of moves that, that you do to practice different things in the stances. And that could presumably match up with um, things that he came up with on Malthus. This guy just can't hold on to his boots. Yep. Is that Kaladin? One, once more, Kaladin loses his boots. This time, it's not Shallan's fault. No, it's Amaram <laughs> making the earth quicksand. It encrustulates around Kaladin's boots, and he has to slip out of them. It also broke his ankles, but I mean... That got better. So you don't, couldn't heal his boots. You don't get better from losing boots. Unless you're a Mistborn. Alright. More company. Yeah, I better watch out. Those guys are going to attack down, are they? Next scene. Who's Maya Aloran? Thunderclast has the face of a chasm and the body of a human. Are they Kolos? Like, do they actually have human bits in them? No. No, they're just shaped that way. Yeah. Ah. It's sort of and like how... Um, Vasher's little cloth figurines look like humans that help him. Oh, yeah, Vasher. the awakened ones. Yeah. Awakenings, yeah. So, Thunderclast are a, a void spren just goes into some rock 
and busts out as as a person shape. No. I thought it was the fuse that's in there. No, it's a void sprint. It's, it's not a... No, we learned that during um, Way of Kings, one of Dalinar's uh, yeah, but they give them. They have names. You don't typically name Void Sprint. They they have actual. What like, about names. Ulim? Hello. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Never mind. All right. Uh. Okay. Ankle cut and shard splat got the kids inside. Adolin uh-huh. slices a thundercast in the ankle and yeah. Um. Does not take the counter hit very well, but he saves a kid who was hiding under a table. Thank you, Mike. Yeah. That's basically what I wrote, I think. Next scene. Wait, is the thrill Storm Uncle? No. Stop it. Why? The thrill is an unmade. They already talked about no, it. No, the thrill is a sprint. Yes. Yes. Right. But unmade are sprint. But I think I think thrill's really odium y. So like he could be the Storm Uncle. He is not Storm Uncle. Who's Storm Uncle? Storm Uncle is a sibling of Stormfather and Night Watcher. Right. But have I seen him before? No. You've seen it mentioned? Yes. So, that, so that's why I thought maybe it was a thrill. Because I didn't actually realize the thrill itself was a spring until now. So there are nine unmade that have been mentioned, and there uh-huh. are three um, big spring. What, what's. There's a term for it, but essentially unique, like giant ideas of Spren. And those are the things that Unsmith Cognitive with. shadows. Well, the Spren are not cognitive shadows. Cognitive entity. Fourth yes. ideal. That's what Spren are. Cognitive Class three entities cognitive manifest entity. in the physical realm. Man, That's we, kind of, we could really use a Vasher lecture on yeah. all of this. Yeah. I kind of actually want to go back and read that section of Warbreaker now. I mean, I'm the best you guys got, so sorry. Oh no, we're doomed. Alright, also more dead horses. Next scene. What had Venley lost? Life before death. Strength before weakness. And I realized earlier today that Tamber is probably a glory sprint. Tamber is not a glory sprint. Alright, I'm not talking about Tamber, I'm talking about Tamber. Tamber is not a glory sprint. Timbri is also not a a glory sprint. (laughs) Glory is also not a glory spread. Creation spread? No, that's for Shallan. I thought we talked about what what Tom brings. And glory spreads are for Dalinar. Yeah, except that one time when one was for Elokar. Okay. <laughs> that's true. But uh, Dalinar hasn't bonded with a glory spread. No, Dalinar bonded with the Stormfather. High Storm. Yeah. yeah. So, but Venli here is bonding with Tamber, and yes. so. A timber is a light sprint. Oh, like the guys that run the ship. Like the sailors from the Cognitive I think, Realm. I think so, yes. Yeah, not the honor sprint sailors, the light sprint sailors. Right. Oh, that's lame. It's like, oh, t- we first see timber and timber shows up. It's like, oh, it's a little ball of light. And I'm like, oh, I wonder what kind of sprint that little ball of light is. So it's a right. little ball of light sprint. It's right I there mean, in the name. This, it, you know, all... There's a bunch of sprint that get weird names. Like going back to earlier, we we're talking about skybreakers having high sprint. It's like, oh, they're all high and mighty. Guess we'll call them yeah. high sprint. Like, that makes it sense. Happens. Though. Yeah, they are both high and they are mighty. And might sprint was already taken. But I- I'm right. glad. You- I like that you're thinking about glory sprint. Your your head is actually in the right spot. Next scene: knowledge, nobility, and royalty. 
Adolin's got pretty good ranks, enough that he can take a good guess at who this shard bearer is that saved him. Uh, H-shard, Dombly, Hockey, Stucks. What? what? <laughs> <laughs> that's the guy, that's the shard bearer that saves Adolin and pulls him into the house. H-shard, Dombly, Hockey, Stucks. Heraldum. Well, for short, yeah. For sure, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I I like that his shard plate has has the Thalen eyebrows like stylized on <laughs> yeah. the helmet. That that's yeah, like such it. a cool look. Adolin misses the NPCs, Scar and Drahi, even though Navani did it. Remember when yeah. Navani was like, everyone got out of Kolinar but Elokar, and I was like, what about Scar and Drahi? But Adolin remembers because yep. Adolin is best boy. Adolin remembers people who have been forgotten. Yeah, just like the Edge Dancer. And he is pretty awesome. And his hair is slick. No, his hair was perfect. And he met a werewolf of London. Oh. Maybe the Thunder class just wants Maya. Ellen charges into the battle. <laughs> Why is Ellen here suddenly? Oh, wait. Um, Renarin kind of reminds me of Ellen. How he was like the nerdy guy, but then he grows a beard. Renarin grew a beard. Oh, yeah, I'd, I'm, I'm imagining him with a beard now. He definitely made season two of Star Trek Next Gen better. Yeah. Thanks, Renarin. Oh God, does that mean I have to? I have to cast Riker. Jonathan as Frank Renarin. says Renarin. No, because he doesn't wear glasses. He's like one. seventy-year-old Jonathan. Renarin Frakes. is. Well, okay, hold on. Rasharin. 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 Renarin are taller because they have a higher oxygen content. So, and Jonathan and lower gravity. is a tall dude. He's a tall dude. So if we cast everyone as roughly Jonathan Frakes or higher in height, then we can maybe do it. Okay, but, but I'm thinking, Asian. I'm thinking like current day Jonathan Frakes playing Adolin's little brother. Why would I think you I'm on do board that? With it. <laughs> <laughs> They're like 50 years apart. So... Rosharian, you stuff. So, so sorry, so, uh, sorry, John. Never freaks. You're probably not that old, but did Ellen wear glasses in the first book, or did I just imagine him with glasses? Renarin, Renarin used to have glasses. Yes, I, I said Ellen. Ellen, did Ellen have glasses in the Final Empire, or did I just imagine I don't him with glasses? Think so I think you're just imagining that. Yeah, because I, I cast Arnold from the Magic School Bus as Ellen. All right, it's just I think it's just kind of like this is just kind of like a similar archetype. Of, with Renarin and Ellen, they're just they're dork turned superhero, like Spider Man and Dave from the Cosmere Deep Dive podcast. There you, there you go, Mike. If you want to cast Peter Parker as Renarin, that would be pretty acceptable. Yeah, but which one? All of them. They're having a party. Oh. <laughs> just, Suddenly, we're just into swap the out, Swap out each scene with a different Spider Man. Yes. See if the I, audience notices. I'm I'm on board with that. <laughs> And also Jonathan Frakes. <laughs> Jonathan Frakes for Spider-Man 2022. That could be an animated one, and Jonathan Frakes voiceover. No, that was Xanatos, and he was more like Batman than Spider-Man. All right. Um, bye, Maya. All right, Craig, catch us up. Whew. All right. Uh, I'm just going to do a couple of keys because there's a lot. Um, so Amaram and Kaladin are dueling with each other. Uh Kaladin is, you know, trying to use Sil as a spear for the most part. And Amaram has two swords. We talked about this. Two different swords. And plus his plate is just exploding. Not from Kaladin, but because, like, weird crystal formations are just suddenly appearing. He doesn't need the plate anymore. So that's happening. Meanwhile, Kaladin still has to defend uh, Dalinar. 
from the fuse that are trying to attack. So he's like sort of doing two battles at once. He has to keep the fuse away and he has to keep Amaran at whatever the heck he's doing at bay. Um, so yeah, Adolin goes to fight against the Thunderclass. He has no shard plate. He just has a shard blade. Maya Laren is the name of the shard blade slash the dead eyes that we saw, you know, in the last whole part of the book. Since you asked who's Maya Laren and I just told you. Um, Adolin hears the name in his head and then he's like, oh, that's that's my sword. Wait, is this a Totoro moment where like, you know, the little girl asks Totoro what his name is and he just makes a random like snoring noise? No. And she's like, what'd you say? Totoro? That's your name, isn't it? Totoro. No, her, her name is legit Maya Laren. And she, she um, says Maya Laren. Um, what's his face? Adolin. Uh, is established from book one as not naming his blades uh, like a lot of other people name their blade. But he's like, well, my name, my blade probably had a name already, and that seems disrespectful. So didn't yep. he steal that from some little kid? His daddy killed the basin. No, Adolin won his blade in a duel, didn't he? No, yeah. Oathbringer is the one from the basin. Yeah. So Adolin's plate was inherited from his mom, but his blade he won in a duel. And it had nothing to do with the rift burning down with everyone in it. Yeah, this one was from a duel. Who knows who had it beforehand? Probably gave her a bad name, too. They're not anyway, uh, continuing on. Um, so he, he tries his best and he does like manage to, to hurt the ankles of the Thunderclass. So it sort of falls over and he has to save a kid while that's happening because it, it fell into a shop or something like that. Um, meanwhile, we cut to Venli who is thinking about Tambre, Timber, I don't know how to say Tambur. Yeah, Tambur. Um, Tombro. <laughs> Tombro load. Got it. Uh, Tambra? Oh yeah. my goodness. Tam? The, see, the problem is Mike said something else and it <laughs> went into my head. Okay. And so it's now... just a word. It's a regular word. Look okay. I don't it's, use it's hold this on. It's a musical word. term. Craig, yeah. are you familiar with the concept of amber, which is yes. sap that has hardened and fossilized? Yes. Okay, add a T part. to the beginning of that. Tambor. There you go. Oh, wait, wait, Dave's going to pull up how to pronounce Tambor. Uh, I, I have eaten it, so I can't hear. Tambor. Yeah, see, exactly what I've been saying this whole time, okay. and you can't prove otherwise. Um, yeah, There's so, definitely no recording of you saying Tombray. So that's so, a, so that's Vinley, a football player, Craig. Uh, Tambor. So, so Venli's thinking about uh, the first idea as well, and she actually starts reciting it. Um, meanwhile, the fuse like see her like I guess sort of saying these things, and they saw the light sprint somewhere on her person. So they're they're looking for it, but they can't find it because Tambor entered into her gem heart, Venli's uh, gem heart, and she fulfills speaking the first ideal. Then we go back to Adolin, which I think is the last one, uh, and he gets together with a Thalin shard bearer, Haradrum. Um, and and they go to to deal with it. And then Renarn pops up, and he grew the beard. So he's like, "Look, I got this." He has a, a real shard plate, and he also still has his shard plate, I believe. Does he wait? No, he's he's no, he shard doesn't. plateless. But but he can he heal. Is? He can heal faster than other radiants can heal. He is Wayne. Oh, he's probably better. He's a uh, Miles hundred lives. Maybe not to that Miles degree Edward. though. Miles Edgeworth. I yeah. don't know why he can heal himself better than other Radiants can, but he Maybe can. Maybe he has it's a better sense noted. of his identity. Exactly what Dave said. In a roundabout way. I mean, 
it probably makes sense that the he already has well, access yeah, to actually the... it makes sense here's my explanation when if craig's done i was just gonna say that um he has access to the growth uh surge and it just might work better on yourself depending on your sense of identity compared to just healing others so my theory is he can look into the future for when he's done being healed and he gets a stronger sense of identity of his healed self because he can see himself being healed futurely. he's like he's like tapping gold he sees what he'll look like and he'd be like that's who i want to be right now and then boom that's how he is right now i like it it's consistent i think when uh when craig finally said timbre correctly all i could think of was Douglas. Douglas. that your exits are east south or dennis oh oh he throws uh his char blade he does this whole like i'm gonna throw my sword we practice this and he does it and there he goes oh wait no this that's not this scene i'm sorry i jumped ahead uh this is actually where he he lends maya to her album you jumped behind years. actually he threw the sword in a previous scene Ah, oh, I missed it. Well, but yeah, this know. is where he passes Maya on to HR Domboli hockey sticks. I'm sorry, HR no. Domboli hockey stuck. So yeah, HR Domboli hockey stucks is like, thank you, friend, in Thalen accent, is good gift. But hey. there's also trust involved in lending someone a shard blade, right? Because Adolin could just poof it out of uh, HR Domboli hockey stucks's hands at any moment when he needs it, right? Yep. True. Uh, so I have a question for our listeners. Uh, maybe you guys can pop in our Discord and tell us, which name were you able to follow more? Me trying to pronounce the name of this Thalen Shard Bear or Dave's version of the name? H.R. Dombly Hockey, st- hockey Stucks. Yeah. I, I tried to say Hockey Sticks, which isn't anything. Hockey Sticks don't exist. Nope, Hockey Sticks. <laughs> Is this like, do you use those when you play hockey ball? Of course not, Dave. That would be silly. I was thinking of Pocky sticks, you know, the little uh, chocolate-covered wafer sticks that come from Japan. So, Craig, you mentioned our Discord and wanting people to to chime in. How would they do that? Oh, well, thank you for asking, Mike. Uh, You can go to our Patreon at patreon.com slash Cosmercast, and you can take a look at our patron there, maybe decide to, uh, you know, Join us if you wish. Uh, that there is a link to the Discord on there. Uh, no money required. Come join us. Hang out. We have a chat. It's fun. If someone did want to give us money, what would they get from that? Uh, they'd get access to some uh, special non-Cosmere-related recordings that we do. Uh, we talk about various movie sequels and why they might be better than previous. It's called Superior Sequels. Well, what else is there, Craig? Um, Dave? Charles Ludwig Dodgson. There you go. They can listen to our recordings live as we make it. I was referring to the thing Dave was talking about. We've done a couple of episodes of um, some classic children's fantasy literature. Uh, At the moment, we've only done Alice and Alice 2, Fast 2 Furious. Uh, But we're planning the Oz books at some point in the future. Alice does move two tiles on her first move. Yeah, and she is also very furious, just so angry for a seven-year-old child. So, like, get this, what if Alice gets to the 8th rank, and she doesn't want to be a queen? What if she wanted to be a knight instead? I mean, in normal chess, you can. Yeah. Isn't that what happens in the movie adaptation? She becomes a knight, not a queen? Yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Oh, spoiler. Whoops. All right. Spoiler but... for a 10-year-old Well, I never movie. saw the movie, so it was my idea. We should get back to chapter. 
Back to HR Dombly Hockey Stucks, who now is in possession of Maya Larry. Larry. Maya Hi. Maya Who. Maya Ha Ha. Alright, next scene. Figure Skater Seth. Lift got the goods. Weird. Missed. Next scene. None of this is Amaram's fault. Next scene. Renarin can't see nothing no more. Probably misses his old glasses. Next scene. Yasna compliments Radiant, then immediately holds her back again. Next scene. No one to fight but Renarin. Oh yeah, Teft can do that now. Next scene. Shalon needs a nap. Here come the ladder crew. Alright, Craig. Whew. Alright, uh, can you scroll up so I can see this? Figure skater Seth. Okay, this is the scene I was talking about before. So, Zeth is chasing down the fuse that has a ruby. Uh, this particular fuse is like the, uh, like lift and can figure skate without friction. Um, so he's gonna be like, oh, how does anyone handle this? Oh, I'm so shocked. But keep in mind, Zeth, um, back in, in Shinovar has trained with all of the honor blades and therefore trained with all the different surges. So he knows how to handle all of it. So then he gets the you know, one leg up on him and boom, gets the ruby. Um, and then he has to pretend he falls into a rock, but the rock was a fake rock. It was actually Lyft hiding. It was a rock illusion. lobster. It was a rock lobster. So Lyft does a little um, pickpocketing while she is pretending to be a rock. And Wait. they, the fuse, get the Zeth, steal the pouch, which they think has a ruby, and they fly away. And it's like, oh, no, what are we going to do? They got the ruby. But really, Lyft got the ruby. Can so we actually cool. get a Roshar-themed parody of Rock Lobster? It would make so much sense, because they have rocks and lobsters. It's true. Would it need to be a parody? They would just have know. the song. <laughs> They're just like, there's a rock. <laughs> yeah, there's a rock. No, it was, uh, it was uh, an a Aeolian. Numa Huku no. Aki. It was Crab King. It was King Crab. What's his name? Claw Grip. The hog. I am Ian. It was an I am Ian. It wasn't a rock. It was an I am Ian. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, now we go to a Kaladin scene, and uh, Kaladin's fighting against Amaram, and Amaram's like, I made you. I forged you. And Kaladin starts realizing that he can actually mess with Amaram's mind, because although he's shifting and becoming something different, somewhere underneath the surface is Amaram. At least there's that, that part of him. And so Kaladin starts psychologically attacking him, saying, you didn't make me, you know, just because you have ten swords that are forged at the same time, and they nine of them break in battle, they didn't make the tenth sword. No, the battle just showed you which sword didn't break. So Craig, you you're being incredibly silly right now. Kaladin would never make an analogy about swords. It's spears. There's ten spears. Thank you, Mike. Sorry. Can we correct that? Um, I meant to say spears, not swords. Uh, uh, yeah, so they're fighting. Um, I'm trying to remember if this is the end scene. Oh, Kaladin is also, like, uh, talking to Amram and psychologically attacking him. Of Like, well, if, if Odium took all of your pain away, then why are you still feeling guilty, bro? Yeah, yeah. He gets some good shots in. Um and I think There's he actually definitely you 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 kind of get the sense that uh, Amaram was given the same offer that Dalinar was, you know, where Odium is like, "Let me take the pain away. You can blame everything on me." Yeah. And Amaram, you know, fell for it. So this is basically like what Dalinar would have become had he uh, succumbed to Odium's offer. You yep. know, it's it's funny you say this, Dave, because I'm pretty sure I talked about this in a spoiler time. 
in one of our episodes. Neat. Um, anyway, uh, and I think this is also where Amaram, sh- the, the last of his sharp plate explodes. Um, and then I think Kaladin is able to like actually get access. Like he cracks Amaram's body because it's like made out of crystal now. And he's able to like access the now gem heart that is sort of taken over Amaram's body. Next scene. Uh, Renarin can't see nothing though, but what? Uh, this is where Renarin. Well, his future vision's broken, where it's not as reliable as he thought it was. So, so Renarin. today he was wrong. His future vision was wrong for the first time today. Yeah. Renarin. Yasna um, was a human after all. A stopped future vision is right all but once a day. Renarin and, and his spren, Gleese, uh, helped. Gleese helps them figure out how to actually defeat the Thunder class. Um, so they do that. And where are we? Hang on, I want to interject. There was a bit about how um, Adolin mentions that Maya was crafted with the intent purpose of fighting Thunder class, right? Yeah, well, I think he's saying like shard blades sharp... in shard blades in general. But yeah, did... shard blades in general, they were designed but, to. Fight so they didn't like die this. until the recreant. So right. The recreants is what, yes, is essentially what created all the dead eyes and, and okay. killed the sharp blades. Yeah. Well, created to cut stone is what Adolin actually says. Just there happens to be a monster made of stone nearby, and you know that's convenient. I still think that a hammer would have been a lot better against a stone creature than a sword. But what about a sword that can cut through stone like a shard blade? Yeah, hammers don't cut stone, Craig. Think about these things before you say these things. Okay. Um, you know, it's times like this I wish Tori didn't go push to talk because I feel like she'd be laughing at this. Oh, I am totally laughing at this. Now, if you had a shard hammer and a shard chisel, now we're talking. <laughs> yeah, and you could do like the Flintstones. All right. Um, yep. Big old slab of ribs turning your car on its side. <laughs> yeah, shard ribs. That's basically what Amaram has right now, shard ribs. All right. Then we any, wait, wait, did you guys play Dragon Age Inquisition? Is anyone else thinking of the Red Lyrium when they're describing Amaram here? I mean, no. I played the game, but I don't remember. It was like the, the soldiers that were addicted to the magic rock thing and like it would eventually eat them and they would just have these crystals coming out of them. And Wow, sounds intense. That sounds like Brandon stole that. <laughs> it yes. kind of does, yeah. I mean, no. Uh... A little bit. We know he's a gamer. Yeah. Yeah. It reminded me of um, what was that? Uh, I think it was in Avatar: The Last Airbender when they were facing off against King Boomy, and he like had the rock candy that kept growing and entombing Katara and Sokka. I I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. It's also the same. Yeah. Maybe Brandon stole that too. I remember Sparky Sparky Boom Man. It has nothing to do with what we're talking about, but he was a cool villain. Continuing. So now we're at a Shallan uh, perspective, and Yasna comes to sort of help her out. And the Fuse are also about to attack at the same time, but Yasna's like, boom, fire! So, you know, they're protected for a little bit. Um, and then Yasna helps her. I don't know exactly what she says to compliment her. Maybe it's about her illusions or something. And she tries to figure out which is the real Shallan. So she goes to Shallan first, and... That Shallan poofs away, and then she turns the veil, but Radiant is actually Shallan. At- uh, I, I think Yasna is giving a lecture on um, soul casting during all ah, this. Ah, yes, that's right. Yeah. Like, and maybe now is not the best time. 
uh, she points out. Cause, yeah, you know, for someone who doesn't want awards, she sure does love lecturing people. I think that's a quote in the book. Yeah, that's where I got it. And Chalon's so, like, how the heck do you soul cast air? And she's like, don't worry about it next time. Like, like that, I think that's what you were commenting on. She's like, well, we'll yeah. worry about that next time. Let's start yeah, with something it's easy. Like some, at certain points, Yasna seems like she's kind of holding Shalon back or going too slowly with her. And it, it came off kind of that way at first here. But then it's like, oh, it actually started making sense. Like, because it's more of a it's more of a jump or there, you, you have to convince air that it's stone in a different way than convincing stone that it's oil like you or like stones are more stubborn than men and like if you want to soul cast stone to air then like you have to convince it that it wants to be free right but if you want to uh if you want to soul cast air to stone then you have to like be more harsh and disciplinary with it and get it in the line like you actually have to treat different types of matter you know differently to convince them to become different types of materials and anyway, yeah, so the the first lesson we'll have at some later date is uh, stick to fire. Easiest thing to soul yeah. cast ever. A stick just wants to be fire. But what if it's wet? First you have to soul cast it dry, and then you soul cast it to fire. Like, hey, you remember when you were dry? Those were good days, huh? And then it's like, poof, dry. Alright, uh, next scene. So we're at the Renarin one. No one No one to fight. fight but Renarin. Okay, um... So yeah, so Renarn opens the Oath Gate, and then, hey, look, it's Teft, and he can he fly. Extremely he does has... not open the Oath Gate. Oh, Teft opened. Somebody opened it. So oh, yeah, Renarin... Teft can do that. Renarin announces that he's going to go try to open the Oath Gate, despite a bunch of stuff being in the way, to a group of people who two days earlier would have been like, no, Renarin, you shouldn't do that. You're far too frail. And then yeah, and then he, he has then he has yeah, a vision. desperate. Then he has vision, and then yay, it's Teft. Yeah, so so Teft opened it, and there they are, and we got some bridge four people and Teft with a silver shard spear. So that's cool. It has uh, weird eyebrows. He does. No, the spear or the yeah sword or spear or whatever. Um, and then finally we go back to Shalon, and she's exhausted because she was doing a lot of uh, illusioning, and yeah, I don't I don't remember what else happens in that particular scene. Here come the ladder cruise. Bridge cruise? No, the part, the uh, listener ladder cruise. Oh, okay. I wonder if Moash is going to show up. But he would have had to go come a long way. Yeah, it's mostly I the parchment I mean, I from... Kaladin and Co. got here pretty in this amount of time. So maybe Moash could have well, figured Kaladin it out. Well, Kaladin was over in the cognitive realm when he traveled here. Yeah, and... you know who else has access to the cognitive realm? The Fuse. Yeah, but Moash isn't a Fuse. Where is he? Maybe if one of the Fuse wants to possess Moash. I don't think he can because he doesn't have a gem heart. He has a heart of gem. True. All Maybe right. They could transport other people through the give cognitive us, realm, you'd think. All give right, us the last uh, set. Move on. Numu Huggy, Arms Urlaki, Ayalun, Bridge 4. Dalinar changed across a million little steps. Something about journey. My <laughs> casting choice for the thrill is Elmira from Tiny Tiny. <laughs> because the thrill just wants to hug Dalinar and squeeze him and love him everything, but but thrill doesn't know that it's harmful to Dalinar. Nighty night thrill. Next scene. Kaladin almost dies, but then the red stuff goes away and retreat. Numuhuki, Archie, Archie, timey wimey score. Bye storm. Final scene. Dalinar is crying, but 
hey, check out this awesome thrill reel. <laughs> oh. All right, close this out. All right. Um, so yeah, Bridge Four has appeared on the Oathgate, so they go to set up a defense uh, of the Oathgate because they got to protect it and get more people and and army people through. Uh, Dalinar now has access to the ruby because uh, Seth and Lyft were successfully able to steal it and Lyft. Hey, I just it. realized she lifted the, the spear, like stole it. No. Um. So he holds the the ruby and above pancakes. his head. And he it fully embraces the thrill one last time with a nice big uh, mental hug. Uh, meanwhile, Kaladin is fighting the fused off to protect Dalinar. Uh, and Amaram is about to, like, go do something. And then all of a sudden, giant arrows, which I think are from a shard bow. From uh, Amaram's shard bow that he was using earlier in the fight. Thank you. From, from Amaram's own shard bow, strike him in his heart. And it's rock. In his gem heart. I love how Nubuhuku Makiaki Ayalunamore just uses it like it's a regular bow. Yep. So he never fights, and yet here he is. Uh, he saved the day. He helped save Kaladin. Um, and then we have Shalan watching from her perspective the red mist, and the actually the few start retreating. And I think the I don't remember what happens the storm, but uh, the red light sort of goes out of the the people's eyes, and the mist starts disappearing. And then finally. Um, we get Kaladin's perspective as he sees what's happening to Dalinar, who's crying, but he was able to successfully uh, capture the, the thrill into the gemstone. He That's misses it. it already. Dalinar had to do the ending of Old Yeller there, guys. <laughs> Basically. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you put it that way. I mean, it's this red mist, and they keep describing it as, like, a friendly dog that has, you know, gone too far. And so I'm thinking of, like, not Old Yeller, but Clifford the Big Red Dog. Clifford the Big Red Thrill. Yeah. I mean, it is frequently described as sort of primal and just working on instinct. Like, it just wants a good fight, and it doesn't understand things that aren't fighting. It wants the fight, guys. It just wants fighting and challenge, and challenge and fighting. Yeah. So what a chapter. Yes, it was a chapter. So any that other was, thoughts? That was one chapter. That was one chapter. And Tori, I put a post in Krempos for you. Specifically for you. Oh no. Alright, any other questions for Date? No. Yeah, where does he get off? Uh right here, probably. Unless you've got something more for us. Dave's been talking a long time. I bet he's excited to actually finish the book. And then he can listen to all of our spoiler time chats for like a hundred episodes up until dawn shard comes out which i think we found out was like episode 126 or something uh 128 is dawn shard but there are a few episodes before that where we were doing rhythm of war preview chapters but still that's like 120 something episodes which anyway uh hey dave how do you feel about whenever you finish a book in your spoiler time listens uh giving us a, a, a quick overview or is that me asking you to do more work and you're already doing a bunch of work and you don't want to? Because if you don't want to, that's cool. What I was thinking of doing is having a Cosmere deep dive re-listen on my Twitch stream. And I'll archive those VODs where I'm just like listening to old episodes and kind of commenting on them. Wait, and I can listen with you and then I'll finally listen to our episodes. <laughs> it's about time for me to head out. Thanks, all. Craig will have to. Conclusion. Thrilling conclusion. Oh, I didn't write thrilling conclusion. Oh, right. 
missed opportunity. <laughs> right. Bye, Dave. Bye, everybody. Bye, Dave. Bye, Dave. Dave's gone. Play the thing. This concludes the spoiler-free section of our podcast. If you are, as I am, reading along for the first time, we recommend that you stop listening now, as the following will contain spoilers for not only this book, but for other Cosmere books as well. There may also be general spoilers from any other source material. Spoilers begin now. Craig's going to have to listen to his own recorded voice. I mean, I stream on Twitch, so I have heard my voice because I've, I've watched a couple of my things before. It, I've gotten more used to it, but every now and then I'm like, man, I hate that. Have Dave listen at one and a half times speed. It changes your voice enough that it doesn't sound like your voice anymore. Oh, I was going to oh. say, if you listen at a slower speed, it will it will make the voices sound deeper and, you know... The way you hear your own deeper than what it sounds because of it, uh, your voice reverberating within your bones and your body. So it just happens to sound deeper. Um, So if I listen at a slower speed, it'll sound closer to how I think it sounds. Yeah, when I listen to my recorded voice, I think I sound like a Muppet. So higher speed would just make me even more of a Muppet. (laughs) All right. I got some bullet points. One and a half is what I edit at. So it's fine. Everyone's fine. Our voices sound fine. Uh, I'll try to get through my bullet points quickly, because this is a long episode. I actually expected this to be a quick episode, but uh, we managed to talk a long time. How was this ever going to be a quick episode, Craig? It's only one chapter! It's... Did you look at the length of the chapter before you came up with this idea? No, you tell me what chapter to read, and I will read it. I don't actually look at how many pages it is or anything. Okay, but you also should have seen that it's only one chapter. The fact that I assigned only one chapter didn't clue you in. I mean, it could have been like 30 pages and it just made no sense. I don't know. I don't question the diagram, Tori. I just follow it. I admire your dedication. Chapter 120. Um, This is where Adolin actually summons Maya. Uh, No, no. Ansel. This is Pattern. This is Shallan. This is Shallan summoning Pattern as a Shardblade. We get a a description of it from... uh, Aelin's perspective. Um, that white clothing, clothing seemed to glow, the red hair a striking swatch, that's Shallan. As stormlight rose from her, Pattern appeared as a shard blade, with a faint, almost invisible latticework running up the length. Um, I wanted to point that out because if we can get a description of the shard blade she has in Way of Kings... Wait, did we get one in Way of Kings? We No, we got it in Words of Radiance. Words of Radiance? So but if, I don't... if we get a description in words of radiance we could see if it differs from pattern but i don't remember it i just wanted to point it out here i don't think we got a description and also like just because pattern looks like that this time she summoned him doesn't mean that he ever looks like that again like living shard blades can change shape it's yeah they can change shape but they usually have a design that's sort of linked to their sprint in some way like like sill Whenever she gets summoned, like, yeah, she's different weapons, but there's something about her that's sort of like, oh, I can tell that this is still in shard blade, shard spear, whatever the heck form. And like Pattern, since he's all about fractalness, I mean, I think all the cryptics are, but um, it, his just come as a weird latticework. That's just how it, it manifests. Um, anyway, uh, then we have Zeth. Um, he's looking at the red mists um, and also at the illusions that Shallan is casting, and he says, um, Phantoms appeared, created from stormlight by the woman with the red hair. Those were the shadows in the darkness, the ones he heard whispering of his murders. How she brought them to life, he did not know. 
So it's really interesting that he sees these illusions as the, the people he's murdered and stuff. You know, that is that weird. I don't I don't know what to do with that information. Neither does Seth, apparently. Okay. Uh now we're back to Shalon. Uh this is Pattern. You are close to them, Pattern said. Oh, this is when she summoned all the people like Yalp. Um, you are close to them, Pattern said. Close to the realm of thought and beyond. All the people you've connected to over the years. So this is what Shalon does. This is how she's able to look at people's identity and sort of draw the best version of themselves. She is legit connecting with them. Um, capital C connecting. And she uses that connection to look at someone's identity. Is she only able to do this because Dalinar has the um, perpendicularity open so that she's close to the cognitive and spiritual realms? No, I think, she, well, she's already connected to him. She doesn't lose that connection. That That's a part of her. Um, I, it might help her be able to manifest as many as she does. Because Yasna gets a definite power boost. And, yeah. and she talks about that later. Like, because the the realms, like, there's an opening to the realms, she can do super op soul casting instead of just her regular she tells people what to do and they do it soul casting yeah no i I think this is a legit power boot it makes sense all right and and then end of the sequence others so this is when shallan sees other identities of herself popping up others boiled at shallan's feet trying to crawl from the stormlight their glowing hands grabbing at her legs no shallan whispered this was enough she had created veil and radiant to be strong when she was weak she squeezed their hands tight, then hissed out slowly. The other versions of Salon retreated into the stormlight. So th- this is just creepy, because, and I think we get more of it in the next book. Um, these different identities of Salon that are sort of trying to to take hold. Um, and here they're actually like legit pulling at her from her legs. Like it's sort of weird. Salana scares me just a little bit, guys. All of Shalon's scenes are like horror movie stuff. Yes. Why does this keep happening? <laughs> um, okay, uh, now we have Adolin. Um, this is just Adolin, uh, I think, looking around while he's trying to chase after the Thunder class or something. Uh, instead, he found only Yasna Colin, looking completely nonplus. A-, a glow faded around her, different from the smoke of her stormlight, like geometric shapes outlining her. I wanted to point this out because, Mike, you have asked, have we ever seen... Yasna's shard plate. I think this might be. Yeah, I I spotted that too, and I was like, did she just dismiss her shard plate, or is she just like super close to getting her shard plate here? What's going on? It might be super close to getting it. I'm not sure if she swore the the fourth ideal yet. Um, but we don't know any of her ideals, man. Yeah, I know because she doesn't say anything. Come on, Yasna, throw us a bone. Nope, nope. Got that feminine mystique going on. Well, either way, I think this is the closest to Yasna's Sharply. Um, so far. Uh, Dalinar, uh, this is talking about the thrill and everything. Um, and he saw times when the thrill withdrew, because he was thinking about all the times that he was embracing the thrill. Like when Dalinar had held Adolin for the first time, or when he'd grinned with Elokar atop a rocky spire on the Shattered Plains. The thrill regarded these events with a sad sense of abandonment and confusion. It's just a poor little puppy. It doesn't understand. Why wouldn't you spike that baby like a football? It just wants to play so bad, and you're over there doing things that are not playing with it. Why wouldn't you push the king off the cliff? Come on, Dalinar. This is basic stuff. And it's interesting because that 
I mean, we've seen that scene in Way of Kings, and I think it's specifically mentioned that he sort of disregards the thrill at that point. Like, you could see he's starting to give up the thrill even uh, by Way of Kings, and and it's just the thrill itself doesn't understand. It's not that the thrill was leaving Dalinar, but Dalinar was also letting go at the same time. But the thrill, just it's, it's just the puppy. It doesn't understand. It just wants to fight and bloodlust. That's all it is. Well, and now I'm seeing this connection between the thrill and Nightblood because Nightblood has some of that same innocence mm. to him. Like it, like oh come on, draw me. Like you know you want to. Like let's go kill some guys. Let's do it. Okay, Tori, you bring up a really good point. Time and again, we see command and intent. Like those are things we've he- heard throughout the Cosmere. Intent in terms of the shard and. Especially when you look at the the way the magic system is on Nalthus and Warbreaker. Because it's all about having a firm intent in your mind and having a proper command or word or phrase that you to say. Um, and, you know, Nightblood, as we know, is destroy evil. What if the unmade are similar? In order to make an unmade, you need the proper intent, of course. And you also need some sort of command. And each of the unmade have a different command. And so, therefore, the thrill is sort of like the command is, you know, bloodlust or, or something. And that's all it understands. That's why that's all it understands. I could see yeah. that for the, like, the mindless unmade, but less so yeah. for, like, the ones that are effectively people in and of themselves. Well, ooh, what if the mindless ones are, like, the the prototype ones? Like, because we see that Vivenna's, uh not a shard blade is different from Nightblood. We we don't know anything about it really, but um, like she can use it like a normal sword without it eating her. Uh, so there have been some improvements made on the original design. So maybe uh, the unmade are similar. Like the early ones were like, oh okay, that didn't work, and then the later ones they start having you know consciousness, or they just have a better command. Uh, word to it so therefore they can or, or the intent itself was shaped better so that way it had a bit more of a sentience to it right right like that that's what i'm trying to say okay so that they were just better design and that the animalistic ones came first maybe yeah but yeah there's this weird thing and that there could be a weird type of lowercase c connection okay um yasna talking about soul casting air and dave sort of touched upon uh, because air was difficult. Um, it, it liked, it, it thought of itself as one thing, like the sky is just one thing. It's not like separate little pieces of air. So it liked to be free, difficult to define. Yet, with a firm command and a concept of what she wanted, Yasna made steps form beneath her. Um, so it's like Dave said, you have to have a firm discipline. But this is also highlighting Yasna's ridiculous power level, that she can take something that wants to be free, and is actually thinks of itself as a collection of everything around the planet. She can take individual pieces of it and turn it into stone. Like, we already know Yasna's ridiculously powerful because she could soul cast people's body. But, like, I don't know. She's just, she, she is, she's just so powerful, guys. <laughs> I don't know how to phrase this, but, like, she is, like, the highest level spellcaster that exists on Roshar right now. And Probably. she's about to be the king of Alethkar. She already is. Well, as no, of this yet. point in the book, yes. That's next week. That's true. Um, 
Yeah, so so she's pretty good. Like they had a uh, on Reddit on the subreddit before they were like, you know, coming up with this game like if you can only pick 3 characters from the Cosmere um and they diff- and they have different point costs and everything. Yasna's like definitely one of the most expensive ones just because of what she can do. Like we're talking like I, I'm pretty sure it would be a tough fight. I think if you put her in a fight against um the uh the, the king uh, the main uh, shoot, what's his name in in Warbreaker? Oh, um, there you go. Yeah, Susabron. Thank you. Can't believe I forgot his name. It's like my favorite book. Uh, Susabron. Like he is also ridiculously powerful. Like I think Yasna is like that level. It's just that he has access to a lot of breaths innately. Uh, but if you give her access to the same amount of investiture, I'm pretty sure she would win that fight. Like the only thing holding her back is how much investiture she has. Okay. Uh, moving on. Uh, I didn't get it ready. So any thoughts on that? Okay, next quote. So this is, uh, I just wanted to highlight Maya saying her name. Something tickled his mind very faint. It's like a sigh. A single word. Maya Larn. A name? Right. Maya, Adolin said. Let's bring that thing down. So this is just Adolin showing how, how good he is at, you know, bonding with his dead shard blade. Remembering those who have been forgotten. Right. And you mm-hmm, said that mm-hmm. earlier, just just nonchalantly pointing it out. And like people have asked and, and before this book he came out, they were like, which which night rating order would he be a part of? And I think I think Brandon might have casually said, yeah, he could be an edge dancer. And it turns out like his sword, Maya, is a cultivation sprint. That's just what she looks like and what she is. Cultivation sprint are the edge dancer sprint. And here he is. He oh. It, I love that you pointed it out because I didn't even really piece it together, but he does remember everybody. He's like, where's Scar and Drahi? Uh, what about Maya? I'd like to know your name. And then he'll remember her name. Like, he hey, remembers Dad, all this. You have two sons. I'm only one of them. Yeah, there it is. Anyway, uh, then I just highlighted a, a part where he's talking about the blade can cut and how it's better than using like a hammer. And I'm like, you know what? I feel like against a giant stone monster. A hammer would have been been better. But Herodom's like, yes, I'll take your blade instead of using the hammer. It's like, that's weird to me. I I, I know it makes sense because shard blades can do stone. So it does make sense. But I I sort of like, oh, I could use this big hammer that's good at cracking stone. Or I could use this blade that's good at slicing and dicing. Well, once Windrunners can get into the fight against a Thunderclast, I think think we're in much better shape. Oh, yes, absolutely. All right. And then another alien section where he's counting down and he's actually counting his heartbeats because he needs uh, his sharp blade to appear right here, right now. He's counting, you know, three, four, five, six. He fell to his knees. Seven. Maya, he thought, truly desperate, please. And blessedly, as he raised his hands, the blade materialized. So this is like the first instance of her popping up early because you always think you need 10 heartbeats. And maybe that's just part of the cognitive thing where you think you need 10 heartbeats. That's just... Again, people have decided this is how long it takes to revive a dead, a dead eye spren, um as a shard blade. Maybe it could always be done sooner, but I see this as a as a note of reference that Adolin is successfully starting to bond with Maya, and he can therefore summon it faster. She's a little bit easier to wake up now. The only other time we've seen someone do something like this is Shalon with what we later learned was Testament. Which, again, makes sense because that's our recent Deadeye, and she has uh, a bigger connection with it than just any old random Shardblade. All right, uh, Zeth, 
no, Amaran. This is Amaran. Um, just Amaran talking smack. It could have been so glorious, Amaran said, swatting aside the attack. You, me, Dalinar, together on the same side. Kaladin's like, the wrong side. And he's like, is it wrong to want to help the ones who truly own this land? Is it not honorable? So, you know, this is Amaran. I, I, I highlighted this because this is sort of similar to something that Nail was saying as well. Like, these are the people who truly own the land, and therefore, isn't that what is honorable? Now, Amaram is like the opposite of honor, um, but we get a little hint of the Sons of Honor, like what they sort of believe here. So the problem with Amaram is that, as far as I can tell, he believes all the stuff he's saying. Yes. So, like, he's entirely on board with his own BS. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, continuing... Uh, he says, everything I do is for honor. Amaranth swept with single blade, making Kaladin dodge. It was honor that drove me to seek the return of the heralds, of powers, and of our god. So you could join the other side, Kaladin says. Um, yeah, it's, this is just sort of what the Sons of Honor, how they think. Like, they wanted to bring back their god. They basically... At least Amram in this case, found Odium, who I guess showed that he's to be the human god um, and was able to, again, like take his pain and do that sort of thing that Dalinar was trying to do or what he was trying to do with Dalinar. So, yeah, he, he, his view is just originally they were going to try to return the heralds. They found out the heralds were still around and that they basically abandoned their oaths. And then they turn to something that they think is, well, I guess some, I don't like the Sons of Honor as. In terms of the weird, you know, mysterious societies we have, I feel like the Sons of Honor are sort of the creme of the societies. The creme de la creme, you mean? Yes, but Rosharian creme, which which is bad. Storm um, and, and then he also says, I hurt once, Amram said. Did you know that? After I was forced to kill your squad, I hurt until I realized it wasn't my fault. This jerk! That is totally your fault, dude. Yes! I hate Amram. I don't know. I might hate him a little bit, Sadius. I, it, it's a toss-up. They, they're both pretty bad, but... It, it's the... fine, though. They're both dead. We don't have to worry <laughs> about him anymore. Oh my gosh. It's just... I don't know. It's stuff like this. It's it's when they're shoveling crap like this. Like, Sadius knew he... And, like, yeah, I hated him, but he knew where he stood. Amaran is like, no, it's not my fault. Like, I was doing it for the greater good. I was doing it because, in the end, it would protect Roshar or whatever crap that he believes in. Oh my gosh. Amaram believes all of his own justifications, windy thinking to to get there. Okay. Moving on, now we're at Yasna and Shalan. Uh, Yasna says, I merely wanted to see, as it seemed you were soul casting to give your illusions weight, but then concentrated stormlight has a faint mass to it. Either way, up the steps, child. So, she's sort of seeing if her, if she was also doing a little bit of soul casting along with the illusions. Um, and I, I just found this interesting. I don't think Shalon actually, I don't, I want to correct it. Maybe she was doing a little bit of soul. Like, I think there's a little bit of overlap here. Like Shalon, when she was, Shalon thought she was doing a bit of soul casting with it. Yes. Like that originally came from her perspective. Yasna agrees, but then tries to like talk her through basic soul casting. And, and Shalon's just like, I tried to do a stick. It didn't work. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. And then uh, this is just right afterwards. Uh, behind, Yasna waved her hand towards the approaching fuse and stone formed from air completely encasing them. It was brilliant. Any who saw it uh, only in the physical realm would be impressed. But Radiant saw so much more. 
Yasna's absolute command and confidence, the stormlight rushing to, to her, do her will, the air itself responding as if the voice of God himself. So that's uh, that's uh, just how Yasna focused. Yeah, and this is where she says that it obeyed, the air obeyed, you're called to transform. When I tried to make a single little stick change, it refused. Yeah, Yasna says the words, and she could just manifest that, and boom, it does. I'm still saying, man, 16th sixteenth shard, stick, hiding on Roshar. Yeah, let's see Yasna soul cast that stick. We won't, we don't know who would win in that. Um, And this is where Teft appears. Then, like a herald from lore, a man rose into the air above them. Glowing white with stormlight, the bearded man carried a long silver shard spear with a strange cross guard shape behind the tip. Teft Knight Radiant. So that's cool. I like that scene. Gives me a little bit of chills. Yeah, yeah. but don't get too attached. No, no. Ah, top you of know, the hatred list is Moash. Your average Teft just doesn't have all that long of a lifespan. They're they're really not a great pet. He was about to retire. He was done. It's his last day. Yeah, that's that's how you know he was going to die. Uh, people have been talking about a redemption arc for Moash, and I can't. I I would have been on board with him up to this Oathbringer. Like, yeah, he killed Elokar, and Elokar was about to say the words. From our perspective, it sucks. But from Moash's perspective, he had justification for killing off Elokar. I think we could have redemption arced him. At this point, after Rhythm of War, I don't want a redemption arc of Moash. Um, I, I don't think it would be good for us to get one. Like, sometimes a skilled author can write a good redemption arc. I don't think we're supposed to get one with Moash. He's specifically designed to be a foil to Kaladin. Like, what would have been if Kaladin embraced more of that hatred and also gave up his his emotion and pain like Moash does like this is we are sp supposed to see the direct opposites of Kaladin and Moash even though they had the same starting point they are direct opposite each other that's how it's set up to be we're not going to get a redemption arc for Moash if one gets written I am not on board that train and we've also gotten you know cracked mirror versions of Dalinar twice who have both also gotten killed off. What do you, what, what does that mean? Crack Sadius what? and Amaram. Oh, okay. Thank you. Yes. Um, yeah. D Dalinar is the redemption arc we get. We didn't know it was going to be a redemption arc at first until this book. Um, he's the one we get. Um, I, I don't want Moash, especially after what he does, the Teth. Like, no, this, the, the line has been crossed. Anyway, let's talk about Renarin. Um, Renarin uh, gets a gets a hug from Rock. You weren't supposed to just grab someone like that. Why, Renarin said after the embrace. Rock says, you look like a person who needed a hug. And Renarin's like, I assure you, I never look like that. But um, I am glad you guys came. Really, really glad. Bridge four. Uh, but I also wanted to highlight because Renarin does not like physical contact. I, I think, you know, he's, he's specifically like there's something there in his personality and everything. Rock doesn't care. He he is Bridge Force therapist essentially, so I, I think Rock knows what. Numuhuku Makiaki Ayalunamore gonna Numuhuku Makiaki Ayalunamore. Okay, going into Dalinar. Uh, this is when he's doing stuff to the throw. Uh, Dalinar squinted into the mist. You know how we can capture Sprint, Dalinar. Taravanian had said. You lure the Sprint with something it loves. You give it something familiar to draw it in. Something it knows deeply. So. In general, and, and this is, and they talk about Shalan, how she tried to deal with the unmade. Like, 
to capture a spren itself, and I think Navani has said this in war, you have to give it something it knows. And in this case, Dalinar and the Thrill were like, they were very connected. Like, the Thrill has been connected to a lot of the Alethi for a while just because they're so bloodthirsty. But I think Dalinar was like top champion. Like, he just embraced it so much. He was so addicted to it for a while that... Of all the ones that the Thrill has bonded with, Dalinar is definitely, like, top tier. So he offered himself, and that's how he was able to draw the Thrill into the gem. Okay, almost done, guys. I have, like, three. Okay. A glowing figure stood on some rubble behind, holding Amaram's enormous shard bow. The weapon seemed to match Rock, tall and brilliant, a beacon in the darkness. So this is where we actually see Rock pick up the shard bow and save Cal. How Though, like, Kaladin also wonders. <laughs> and I mean, and he, po- he points out that, like, Stormlight will give you, you know, endurance and healing and all of that, but it doesn't really make you stronger. Yeah, there's there's definitely something there. I mean, Rock is a, you know, he's he's a big dude. Like, physically, he's pretty strong. Um, okay, but he's not shard plate strong, and that's built for shard plate. And yeah, he does, I mean, Kaladin mentions it, he does have access to Stormlight. He is a squire. Like, that's, that's got to help a little bit. Plus, we know that Rock has done something with uh, Cultivation's Perpendicularity. Like, there's something that the Horn Eaters do. Um, so there, there's definitely a little bit of something there. Maybe there's some of Cultivation's Investiture that the Horn Eaters have access to, which is why they don't like to just let outsiders dip in their pool. And, and maybe it has something to do with that. I mean, I highlighted this, actually. How had he drawn it? Stormlight granted great endurance, but it didn't vastly improve strength. So it's that's just, I think that's actually my last highlight. And we don't get an explanation for it in the next book either. So We don't. Man, how now, do you do I, that? I think uh, there is going to be a book that we're going to get between book four and five, which is supposed to be Rock and his perspective. Um, so we might get a little bit of something there. I I suspect that will be the answer to the question. Do you guys think we're getting any getting any Stormlight novellas between five and six? Whoa, I'd be surprised if we didn't. Yeah, I'm with Tori on this one. It looks like he wants one between every book. He wants to go back and write one between books one and two. And he's already said that Rock is supposed to get the book four and five. Novella. Warbreaker is the between books one and two one. No, but he specifically wants to write one for book one and two, like specifically Roshar centric. Maybe it'll be about Teravangian because we still don't know a bunch of stuff about him. He said who it was. I'm I'm sorry. I'm I'm sort of blanking what it is. If I remember, I'll let you know. But he has mentioned like who it's supposed to be. Like we get Lift. Lift is between books two and three. We get Risen and Lopin in between books three and four. Rock is supposed to be books four and five. Who the heck? I don't know. I don't remember. Anyway, that's all I got. Okay. Woo! Yeah, I don't have anything of my own. Just wanted to bring up stuff that you also brought up. So. Oh, wait, there is something. Uh, this is just based on our discussion earlier with uh, Dave, because you were talking about Zet's Shardblade, and I got this from the Coppermine Wiki. Shout out to the Coppermine Wiki, because you take good notes. Um, Basically, since Zeth is of the Third Oath, he his spren should be able to form a shard blade, but has yet to do so. And apparently they talk about this in the Rhythm of War interlude, that he hasn't summoned his blade yet. Um, it probably doesn't help that he has Nightblood and therefore doesn't find a need to, to summon his spren as a shard blade. 
Um, but it also looks like High Sprint in general, they're a little bit more quiet and they're sort of they sort of act like judges to their the people that they're bonding with. So they act as judge to see if they're worthy before they're actually going to give them more ideals. Well, I'm huh. pretty sure we meet Seth Spren before the end of the book because uh. I, I definitely by the end of the book, I remember no longer thinking that Nightblood was acting as his functional Spren because it's a robot Spren. It's not a real spread. Yeah, it looks, like, spread. it looks like it does talk to him. It, does, it must say something, because there is a reference to Oathbringer chapter. So it, it basically says it does not talk to him or show itself to him often. That's just what it is. But yeah, I think since he did swear to third ideal, he should be able to have a shard blade. But he also has a night blood, so he doesn't really need a shard blade. Um, but it looks like it does follow the same thing, where third ideal, give a shard blade. Fourth ideal, you would have shard plate. Yeah. Um... Yeah, so any circumstance that would call for a shard blade also calls for Nightblood to just absolutely obliterate everything within a one-mile radius. Yeah. All right, I think we're done. I think that was an episode. Yep, seems like it. Bye, everybody. Yeah. Goodbye, Internet. This has been the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at at CosmereCast or like us on Facebook. Our theme music is Traveling Made Up Continents by Gillicuddy, used with permission. Hear more from him at the Free Music Archive. Thanks for listening.